You can't <laughs> sneak up on us with that. With I recording know. as it is now. Recording in progress. I know. It's terrible. Welcome to episode 142. Holy cow. Can you believe we've recorded 142 plus? That seems like so thing? many. I think there's only one episode we <laughs> didn't sorry. number, right? I think that's right. And I think we did a couple that were like, I don't remember what number it was, but I think we did like 70.1.2.3. I think we've done stuff like that once or twice. And we uh, we did the special episode with, with uh, <laughs> Russell. And, uh, okay. So uh, we, maybe I we, will release the tapes. We moved over to Zoom from Zencaster. We're giving you some context for why Kyle is losing his mind right now. Yes. Moved over to Zoom. Uh, and Kyle has found the visual effects settings and it's just changing his avatar constantly <laughs> and some of them are great and some of them are not great but still very funny and now Man. kyle is trying to change it back and like just to his regular camera and he's being very unsuccessful at it <laughs> there it goes okay uh, this is uh, a dog licking your you microphone gave me credit that i was trying to change it back i absolutely was not i spent five minutes creating a new one <laughs> Now I have two. I can swap between this one and my original, <laughs> and then back to me. Oh, we're I'm so glad we're done with the podcast platform that shall not be named. Wow. Yeah, they kicked us off. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah, we fired accurate. them. We fired ourselves as a customer. Yeah, th- they wanted us to pay them money to record a podcast that's way too long. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not about that life. They wanted yeah. to. Rest- they wanted to censor us. Is what. What it was. Yeah. Yep. Or was it censure? It was one of those. It was two. both. Mm. I felt censured and censored. I think technically we were deplatformed by that move. Yeah. I think we, we absolutely were. Yeah. Which I turns out not very well, very effective, I guess, because it's been three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, it's been a while since we recorded. Um, all the way since episode one hundred forty one. Uh since you looked at me. <laughs> no, I'm looking at you now, Trevor. I don't know if you know that. Jeez, oh, I don't remember all the lyrics to that song. That's gonna bug actually, me. that's not true. I'm not. Drop your head to the side, so I'm angry. That one. Yep. I ha- I've uh, gone to speaker mode and I've chosen to highlight only myself. So I like that. I can't see either of you. I think that's I think that's the way to do it. There is yeah. a zoom setting where you can hide yourself, so you're not just focus hide self view, so you're not just where? looking at yourself the whole time. <laughs> If you, in that. that little view thing in the top right, you can do hide self view, oh. which is kind of nice. Uh, I always keep my self view on so that I don't, you know, I don't do anything weird on camera. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that's stopping me. That's yeah. fair. Yep. Um, uh, but yeah, well, it's been a while since we recorded. Um, we recorded right though, before so the roster uh, decisions, right? Uh, right it was right after the game, right before the decisions. Yeah, it was like the day before. So uh, we haven't. Well, like, I better update that. We haven't no gone way. over who stayed and oh, who yeah. left. Yeah, we had just lost to Houston. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're recording this uh, the weekend or the day after MLS Cup weekend. Yeah. In which. <laughs> The <laughs> it's a really weird way to say that. Yeah, <laughs> MLS Cup was Saturday. It's Monday, and you know what I'm saying. Columbus, about? what they didn't do a skills game. 
They should move. Isn't that normally All Star Weekend? Yeah, All-Star they should week. do a skills game for MLS Cup. It'd be way more entertaining. <laughs> like force that. these two teams trying to get at their competitive best. That to should do be ridiculous tricks. That should be the tiebreaker. It's yeah. like the night before MLS Cup, they should run every member of the team through like a skills competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you add up all the points, and whoever has the most points, if it's tied at the end of 90 minutes, most points wins. Perfect. Yeah, I no agree. Notes. We have solved the crisis. No notes except that for was. the notes that's, uh, that says skills, skill challenge. But Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you for ensuring that was in the doc. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Columbus Crew, basically the model franchise for what RSL should try to be oh, doing. Um, such the model, right? Yeah. And how long have we been saying that about the Columbus Crew? They got new. What, when did their new owners? At least since two weeks, were, right? Since they were saved, really, right? Since yeah, they got no, new owners, true. and they immediately made MLS Cup like the next year, didn't they? They built an actual stadium, a real stadium. Yeah, they did. Rest in peace, the uh, the thing that the board that caught on fire was that okay, so that was Columbus. Right. Let's see, the Haslam's bought it in twenty. They got they took control in twenty nineteen, I believe. Um, before the start of the twenty twenty season, they signed Zello Rayon and Darlington Nagby. Such good signings. Um, okay. Oh, they won their second MLS Cup two years into the Haslam era. They beat yeah. the Sounders 3-0 at um, Map Map Free Stadium, or however you say that. Map 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 Free Stadium. That's how I'm going to say it. It's probably I, I, wrong. I think I at one point I knew how to say that, but um, yeah, I remember that I cared for a little bit, and then they announced they're building a new one, and I don't care. <laughs> Or getting a new name, whatever it was. Yeah, and then they opened their new stadium uh, in 2021, and they fight. I should also mention Caleb Porter won MLS Cup with Columbus Crew. Didn't it? Wasn't he the coach when they won? Yeah. Um, and he, so. And he was fired after they missed the playoffs in 2022. So <laughs> they missed the playoffs in 2022, fired Caleb Porter, hired Wilfred Nancy from uh, Montreal, which was just a horrible shank by uh, Montreal for letting him go. <laughs> yeah. um, and he goes to Columbus and they win an MLS Cup <laughs> for a yeah. season. Yeah. One thing they also did, interestingly, is uh, got rid of, they sold Zellerion, who was... Uh, I can't remember if he won MVP, but he was one of the uh, finalists for MVP, I believe. Well, they sold Zillerion um, for a boatload. Like they did, and it then, was a lot of money. And then but, they immediately turned around and reinvested that into Diego Rossi. Yeah, but they yeah, so they bought a player that might fit a little bit better with uh, Cucho Hernandez, which um, turns out that all worked out very well for them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah. 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 They are really the model franchise for what RSL should be doing. Um, yeah. New ownership came in and immediately uh, made, made some splashes and it's paid off. They've won two MLS Cups since they took over in 2019. Well, there is one other thing um, that we should point out. They only have one, two, three, four, five, five homegrowns. Oh, mm. that's not on their first team roster. They need at least um, twelve. Their 
their uh, goalkeeper, Patrick Schulte. Mm-hmm. Um, they acquired uh, through – no, they didn't acquire him through the draft. But he's a generation Adidas uh, player, so – can yeah. he be GA and not through the draft? They St. Louis drafted him. It looks like. Oh, uh, yeah. well, okay. Or wait, am I reading this wrong? Hold on. I have, I have no clue. <clears throat> yeah. Oh so, no, he, they they did draft him. They drafted him uh, in twenty two. So. Yeah, yeah. twenty two. He spent time with Columbus Crew two and won a title there, and then he's now uh, won a title with the first team. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, good i you love to see them beating lafc i thought that felt good it, although it, lafc felt yeah. vulnerable this whole year so it was a little bizarre to see them make mls cup quite honestly but um yeah. but i mean also they were playing against the western conference like which is a bad is a bad year for the western it was conference. really only going to be one of like two teams that made it that you weren't surprised by yeah you'd think that so columbus had a very dramatic semifinal game against uh cincinnati which was a very 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 good game um they beat cincinnati in extra time uh i think either one of those teams well obviously columbus did beat lafc but you'd think that cincinnati would have beat them as well yeah um in fact uh Chiellini was like at a press conference was talking about how cincinnati was the best team which they won supporter shield, but he was also like, they were the best team that they played against this year. Yeah. Um, in his opinion, Healini still, still pretty, pretty dang good for being 40. Is he 40? Um, he's 39, <laughs> but I mean, practically he's going to get mad at you for saying he's 40. Yeah. 40. He turns 40 next August. So good for him. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, watching that game was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watching Columbus celebrate just kind of made me sad. I did not me expect. Too. I was happy for them, certainly. Uh, heaven knows Ohio has nothing else to celebrate. I know uh, LeBron James, I guess. That's about it, right? Ohio knows I'm miserable now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, they're for lovers, and they've got LeBron James, and that's it. Yeah. And, well, they'd had LeBron James, I guess. But yeah, it's uh, I I I agree. Like, I, there was a little bit of melancholy watching that. Like, I obviously don't. I hate LAFC. <laughs> I oh yeah. yeah, I don't want them to yeah. win. But like, there is something when you're watching an organization that I mean, they're obviously a, a more storied organization than RSL. But to see like like Columbus was bad for a long, a really long time. Columbus yeah. almost got. They were essentially committed to being moved to Austin. Um, new owners came in and just turned the entire club around. They didn't take missing the playoffs lightly or having a bad season lightly, and they made a big change. Uh, at the coach coaching position, they signed big players. Well, they they also, play good soccer. <laughs> but one really of the first things soccer. we didn't mention, but we should because it's a big piece, is they got Tim Bezbachenko. Yeah, like immediately upon getting a new ownership. Yeah, um, and he's just proven to be like one of the most important front office executives in the entire league. Like everywhere he goes, he immediately has success following him. Yeah, so he was at Toronto uh, for a while um, while he when was they there. Were very good. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think did he go straight from Toronto to Columbus? Yeah, he he was yeah. at uh he was at Toronto for you know nine years or six years. Moved to moved to Columbus and um yeah man <laughs> it's just like they've done everything right they've won two mls cups since he got there in 2019 new ownership new stadium new players new coach two mls cups can you imagine what actually would have happened if they'd stuck to columbus sc <laughs> i mean ultimately i i honestly think it would not have mattered like long term <laughs> i don't think that's true it's you crazy. At, you look at Club de Foot, and uh, they lost their coach that then won MLS Cup. Yeah, yeah they lost their coach. It, it, it had nothing to do with the name. I they lost their know. coach because their owner's kind of a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but he's an Italian guy. He owns Italian. <laughs> teams okay and he's Keep going. this is what he's done and this is what italian coaches and owners do is they just meddle and it yeah. was literally him he was the reason he and nancy got into an argument after a game and nancy requested to leave after that they convinced him not to for a little bit and then he left anyway like yeah it's just an owner meddling being yeah. a goofball he is such a goofball. Um, but he also rebranded the team twice when they didn't need a rebrand in the first place. Yeah. But yeah, I was reading through a uh, a thread on the Montreal CF subreddit. I think it's still called Montreal Impact, but every, I forget everyone there speaks French. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I had to translate some stuff, but a lot of them are, they were just like, you know, very sad, but happy that... Nancy went and won a won a championship with with Columbus in his first year, and just yeah. like what could have been if Columbus didn't or if Montreal weren't run by a goofball. But yeah, I mean you can't look past like the Nagby signing, right? Darlington Nagby no. is an unbelievable player. He yeah. is so so good. His he 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 will he will easily go down as like. Maybe top top five MLS players, I think. Yeah, uh, he's there now, right? Yeah, I mean, he's won four MLS cups with four different teams. Yeah, that's outrageous. Yeah, and they're I not like won, he's not winning these with teams. like super teams either. He's not winning that. He didn't win with LAFC. I thought he won with Columbus twice. Oh, yeah, Columbus. Yeah. All right, Columbus twice, but three oh, different okay. teams. There you go. Three different Columbus, teams. Portland, formal. And what's the other one? Atlanta. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's just, he's just such a great player. He's so, he's so fun to watch. Now, this is one of the things that I was noticing, or I mean, not noticing, like I realized again for the hundredth time watching that game that like, I don't know like any of the players on the Columbus team. Um, obviously there's the big names that I knew, but I kind of forgotten the Nagby was playing in Columbus. Um, I knew of Aiden Morris. I know he's really good. I knew Diego Rossi. But, like, I'm not familiar with that team at all. Like, how they play. I, I know their coach. I, I like their coach. But I haven't watched a single Columbus game this year. And I, I hate the unbalanced schedule. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous that we get to – if I'm a fan of RSL and I'm watching RSL every single weekend, I get to see, like, four, five, six what Eastern Conference teams yeah. one time. And it's just – so it's – it's a bad league. It's kind of bad. <laughs> and 
it is, I think, undeniable that Darlington Nagby is one of the most influential players of his generation. But like, we don't get to see him because yeah. there's 60 other well, teams in, and we you, just didn't yeah. play Columbus this year. Yeah. Unless like, you're just like hanging out on uh, MLS on Apple TV, which I yeah, that's did what I'm saying. a lot like, You have to be annoying. a little bit of a sicko to be yeah. to know. <laughs> how well Darlington Nagby has been playing this year, how good Columbus actually yeah, is. You you aren't seeing MLS post TikTok highlights of Darlington Nagby. No, <laughs> no. he's not a highlight player, no. right? No, no he's, he's scored, scored the odd great goal. He but. just makes every, yeah, he's actually scored some amazing goals, but yeah, yeah. he, uh, um, including in these, in these playoffs, but, uh, yeah, he's just, he makes everyone around him better. And it's just the type of midfielder that you just love to love to have on your team. Yeah. But anyway, and the type of midfielder RSL hasn't really had for a long time, right? Pablo uh, Ruiz, really? you could kind of argue toward, I think, the last like four or five games of his 2023 before the injury. Yeah. But but those were unusual for him, right? Yeah. I guess the yeah. most consistent one, I mean, he was yeah. at 10, but it's like since Javi, we haven't really had that dominant of a midfielder who just like, yeah, I was going to say Kyle's the easy comparison. Yeah, he is, but he was, he's far more defensive than Nagby. Um, yeah. Nagby's just like such a, he's, he's a, he's a great, he's a good eight. Great eight. Yeah. Um, a bit more advanced oftentimes too, but yeah. Um, what do you guys, uh, Bev talk? I got yeah. a little, uh, sparkling water, winter sangria from Trader Joe's. Oh, got Yellowstone national park. Coffee. Oh, that was yeah. good. It's my souvenir mug. I'm so I went on a three hour drive today, so I'm a little out of it. Not not really out of it, but you know. In need of a monster. Yeah. It was not what I originally had planned for a Monday afternoon and evening, but needs mm-hmm. must. I think I drove around for three hours today. I might have. Yeah, that makes sense. I drove to work, then to Park City, then back to work, then back to Park City, then back to Salt Lake, then to Murray, then to home. Yeah, that sounds awful. Uh, I can't really complain because if I'm driving, then I'm not like working hard. Oh. And also, I'm still getting paid for all of it. So, Are you listening to podcasts for competitive research? Uh, no. Oh, because I want you to do two jobs at once. Okay. <laughs> competitive analysis uh, would be uh, great. If you could do that so that we can see why we're uh, uh, hemorrhaging listeners or whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. Next time. <laughs> All right. We'll get to that eventually. I think um, we're there right now. That's whatever, man. <laughs> that's fine. If that's true, that's fine. Enjoy I don't, everyone. I don't think we're hemorrhaging listeners, but uh, as RSL goes, so goes our uh, listenership a little bit, which that is true. makes sense. I don't. Like, tracks. I'm an Arsenal fan, but I don't listen to Arsenal podcasts when the team is really bad. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it's true. Um, what have you guys been up to though? We uh we haven't really talked any social hour stuff, any any fun stuff since we've talked last. Uh, How was Thanksgiving? I Thanksgiving was good. The day after Thanksgiving was good. Two days after Thanksgiving was pretty was bad. bad. Yeah. Um, but it was just food poisoning. It wasn't you know. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't fun, certainly, but it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I had a yeah. little bit of that as well. Oh, I got did you? Kind of not like I don't want to say it's food poisoning, but my <laughs> I, my stomach like hurt, was in pain for like three days. Did I wasn't like throwing up or any of that stuff. But did I what? Did you eat a bunch of rolls? 
No, I don't think so. Not um, like an abnormal amount, like outside of what I normally eat. Because my uh, aunt made uh, like the crescent. What what if celiac disease things? is contagious? <laughs> oh, could no. be. Um, no, yeah, I just my stomach hurt for two or three days. I got a little bit familiar with Pepto Bismol. Mm, yeah. Um, Same. Yeah. Other than that, it was it was great. Thanksgiving rules. It's a great holiday. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we were in we were in Arizona for Thanksgiving uh, with Carly's family, and the weather was so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Had some like warmish, warm enough to be at the pool, but still like very wasn't hot. Mm-hmm. Spent some time wandering around the desert and taking photos by myself. That was great. I kept Wait. catching these like amazing moon rises, and they oh, were just yeah. so great in the desert. Um, on the way down, we uh, that was the first time I've driven to Phoenix because every other time I've been there, I've flown. Um, it's a nice drive, right? It's a, I really like, yeah, we ended up going down and back the same way. Um, mm. cause we were in a little bit of a hurry to get home. Yeah. I was kind of thinking we were going to go the monument Valley way home, but we went, we went mostly the same way down and back I, on our way down. We actually, uh, at Flagstaff took, instead of continuing South on whatever highway that is, we cut over to Sedona and then went South, mm. which added, like 20, 30 minutes, but well, more than that, cause we hung out in Sedona for a bit. So, uh, yeah. very, it was great. Sedona was so beautiful. There's this Canyon between Flagstaff and Sedona called mm-hmm. like Oak Creek Canyon or something like that. Um, Oh man, beautiful, beautiful drive. And the fall colors at that time were just like amazing. It was kind of, it was nice being back in like peak fall somewhere. Cause once yeah. it's Thanksgiving in Utah, it's already been gone for like a month at least. Yeah. I actually um, had that same drive, uh, we didn't go to Sedona, but we, we cut over at, at Sedona, basically. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. So Flax, yeah, I think that's where I need to see. Yeah, so we... You took um, 89A down. 89A, that's the one. Okay, yeah, we took 89A and then continued over to Prescott. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Is so... Oh, yeah. So you did do the really pretty drive through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 89A from where it cuts off from the 17. Yeah. Unrivaled part of the country, really. It's really it's really fascinating. It's very, very, very pretty. Um, have you been to uh, Montezuma Castle before? No. Carly and I went there actually on our way up to Sedona when we flew there uh, a while back. Oh, I haven't um, saved. Montezuma Castle is really cool. It's like, I don't know what. Uh, let's see, let me find it. It's the Sinagua people. Sinagua people. I didn't know, yeah, which tribe yeah. it was. Um, yeah, pretty <clears throat> pretty cool place. Just a yeah, four hour good. drive for me. I might have to do that. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if you're going north on the 17 sometime, um, yeah. it's, a, it's a good little stop. Uh, and also there's a really cool, uh, technically ghost town, I think, but there's like another name. It's not, it's not like ghost town. It's like, uh, anyway, it's, uh, what's that place called? It's this old, oh, Jerome, Jerome. So I talked to one of Jenny's uncles about Jerome just a week ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he says there are just antique shops everywhere and it's worth checking out sometime. It's yeah, it's amazing. I think it's is it technically a ghost town, even though like a lot of people live there still. I can't remember what they call it. Um, um basically the population 
is down to like only it's very it's pretty small like 464 now from its peak of being at 2860 oh excuse me nearly 5000 people in 1930 um there was like a a bunch of people that moved there in the early 20th century and then it's kind of been sort of abandoned but yeah it's there's like some name for it that's like not a ghost town but it's like sort of a ghost town i think yeah. it has to do with the amount of people who have left mm. um yeah, it has a Mediterranean climate, apparently. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't know what a Mediterranean climate actually is. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it just meant like <clears throat> basically the same temperature all the time. Uh, it's a temperate climate type that occurs in the lower mid latitudes. Dry summers and wet winters. Summer conditions ranging from warm to hot and winter conditions... Typically being mild to cool. Hmm. Interesting. Jerome was once known as the wickedest town in the West. Anyway. Um, but yeah, they still call it like a ghost. Like they have signs that say like ghost town, I think. But like it's it's weird. Anyway, there's a really cool like uh, old prison thing that they have there and like an old haunted hotel. And oh, cool. anyway, um, but yeah, what uh, what else? What else you guys been up to? Anything? Anything exciting? Nothing really to speak of for me. Um, Scott's now rolling around all the time. Uh, Did he learn how to flip over? Oh, he flips over constantly now. Uh, He's really working on grabbing your things while you're holding him, uh, (laughs) which is going to be great. This is the beginning of the end, Matt. The end of what? Your ability to not keep a constant eye on your child 100% oh. of the time. <laughs> oh. I mean, I kind of do anyway, out of paranoia yeah. mostly. So, But once they get mobile, once they realize that they can get mobile, like they get mobile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My little brother um, managed to, like before he could walk, he just realized that like he could get anywhere in the house just by rolling. So he would just roll everywhere all the time. Yeah. And it kind of stunted his like learning to walk because he could just get where he needed to go by just rolling. <laughs> yeah. There was no, in, there was no evolutionary roadblock in the way. There's no incentive for him to <clears throat> learn how to walk. Yeah. Okay. So I did a little research and, uh, I believe that I'm on the edge of a warm summer Mediterranean climate. Okay. So we're, we're not quite in it. But we're not far off. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's, it. It's really pleasant right now, though. Do you want to know what temperature it was today? Yeah. Uh, oh, that 74? was 74? Uh, no, not that warm. 62. Uh, high of 60, low of 43. Currently nice. 47 degrees. Well, it, it is sounds 30 pleasant. degrees in Provo right now. Same. 30. Fat 30. Tomorrow's um, temperatures will be six degrees lower, so there's, nice. there's that. Well, I, I did also just book a flight to Salt Lake City. Ooh, for uh, when? For Thursday. This Thursday? This Thursday. Uh, okay. I've got a company party I'm going to on Friday, so. And then flying back out Friday. Okay. Well, so. um... I don't know if we need to do lawn attire or something. I could do I could do dinner on Thursday. All right. I yeah. probably could. I, I could might do need dinner on Thursday. 
I'm not. Well, maybe I'll rent a car. I don't know. Yeah, but I'll, I'll see. Uh, are, where are you staying downtown or in somewhere else? Uh, that's a great question. Okay. TBD. We'll figure it out. I'm going to stay on. I don't know. I'm going to reach out to my brother and see if I can stay on his couch or something, which uh, nice. I should do before my parents listen to this podcast and do it for Ruin me. the surprise. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, now, though. What else? You guys, you guys seen anything good? You guys watched anything good? Listened to anything good? Um, I did realize that, not realize, that's the wrong word. I saw the trailer for Poor Things, um, mm. which is one of those that like I heard about months ago and got really excited about and then oh, yeah. didn't hear anything else about until I saw the trailer and was like, oh yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, I did watch Videodrum. Videodrome. I have Which not is seen Videodrome. It's a, uh, oh, who directed it? It's a Cronenberg movie. Cronenberg, yeah. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch that for a while. It was it was a really good time. Uh, I don't know. That's about all I can say. It was great. Nice. Good time. I, I rewatched um, Saving Private Ryan the other day. You and mm-hmm. you in those movies, you you love a Save it Private, Saving Private Ryan viewing. Yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Have you watched Band of Brothers on HBO? Oh, several times. Okay, I was going to say, that seems like right up your alley. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Nice. Um, I did kind of cheat, though, because I stopped watching it um, right before the part that always makes me cry. Mm. Um, He didn't fully commit. No, it got to, like, the final battle, and it's right before they have to start pulling... Or, no, 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 that's what it was. It's right before Upham turns into a huge coward and lets um, two guys, the two machine guns guy guys get killed yeah. by the yeah. two Germans. Yep. That part, I just don't like. Like, it's just a really tough watch, but then everything from, like, spoiler alert, Tom Hanks dies. Um, <laughs> Wait, like, the actor? No, sorry. The The character that Tom Hanks is playing dies. Oh, okay. Everything from, like, that point to, like, the end of the movie, it just, like, it kills me every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, we didn't watch that. We kind of cheated. We watched all the good good parts, the no crying parts. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, good you movie. cheated, but it's okay. Yeah, no, for sure cheating. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it is a good movie. What about you, Kyle? Um... Well, I've seen a few movies since we we talked last. I went and saw Napoleon in IMAX. Oh, um, a funny story how was about that? Napoleon. Eh. <laughs> okay. Just that? That's your, that's your you, answer? I mean, if you like watching an IMAX version of someone's Wikipedia page, then it's gonna you're going to love it. <laughs> I mean, can you edit it as you watch? <laughs> it's like, it's just very like, this happened and this happened and this happened. Isn't he weird? And then this happened and this happened. Isn't he funny? It, and strange and then this happened and then this happened here's a cool battle scene and then here's a bunch of stuff that's just i don't know man it was just kind of felt like a nothing movie which feels weird to say because it's a really scott movie and he obviously like you know the battle scenes are very epic and there's like the set design and everything is it's intricate but i was just like eh so so anyway was, what's your story about it yeah i was in a mall in must have been Mesa somewhere uh, the day, you know, opening night. Mm-hmm. And we were at the food court eating some food. Jenny uh, had just gone to see something else. Okay. I had forgotten what movie yeah. it was. Uh, hmm, I don't remember. Um, but 
out comes this gentleman dressed in full Napoleonic garb. I was garb. really worried you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just thought that was the best thing That's I've ever seen. exactly what I was worried. Like this hat was probably, was he wearing a hat? Oh, he that, was that Napoleon wearing hat? hat. Man, that would be really annoying for somebody sitting behind him, but respect. Yeah, maybe he took it off during the movie. So be, it's usually polite to take it off indoors. So you'd really think. Well, it's um, not a cowboy hat. No, it's but like it's a. It's pretty similar. I'm just going to start calling uh, the hat Napoleon wears a cowboy hat. <laughs> a cowboy <laughs> hat of sorts. <laughs> of sorts yeah. A French cowboy hat. He was sort of a cowboy, you could say. Yeah. An emperor slash cowboy. Oh, the first cowboy. The first, <laughs> the first um, I went and saw Eyes Wide Shut at the Broadway. Oh, what a, which, what a great movie. Great time that was. Um, yeah. I've never seen that movie. It's, it's so good. Is that a problem? Yeah. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a problem, but you should watch it if you like. Um, like if you like Kubrick, then I think you should watch it. Okay. Um, Kubrick, I'm just like honestly a, like kind of torn on. Well, it was his last movie before he died. Um, he died before the final cut was released. So there's a lot of conspiracy theories around this movie about what mm-hmm. what was Kubrick really trying to say. Uh, he essentially ruined Tom Cruise and um, Nicole Kidman's marriage by making this movie and made them. He famously makes them do the same scene over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and it. <laughs> <laughs> took a year and a half out of their lives because that they had to spend on a soundstage in London yeah. because Stanley Kubrick refused to go back to the United States or get on an airplane ever again. So, and um, I've read that uh, he was trying to get Tom Cruise out of Scientology, which I think is very interesting. That's that is interesting, actually. Um, yeah, pretty pretty bizarre circumstances around that movie, but um, it's a good one. It's it's a good one. I went and saw Godzilla minus one. On the biggest screen I could mm. find, that was it's on XD, not IMAX. Godzilla minus one, incredible movie. Like one of my favorite movies of the year. It was amazing. Mm. It was. In, it's in Japanese. It's it's earnest in a Japanese way. It's it's heartwarming. It's great action. It's a good commentary on post-war countries, but Japan specifically. Um, just really, really awesome, awesome movie. Uh, I watched May December on Netflix, the um, Julianne Moore, um, Natalie Portman movie. Um, that was good. Enjoyed that. But also on Saturday, went and saw The Boy and the Heron at uh, oh, at the Broadway. The new uh, um, Miyazaki. Miyazaki movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was really good. And we saw we chose to see it in Japanese. Oh, good. Um I might see it again with the. They have a pretty star-studded English cast. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll see that too. But uh, really enjoyed it in in Japanese. It was hmm. it was good. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've been watching The Curse with Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone and Benny Safdie. Yeah. Great show. Um, I watched Gen V, the boys spinoff, which. Was a boys spinoff. Okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's been just kind of doing normal Christmassy stuff and having having fun around here. Have a very festive home downstairs, a Christmas tree, and all that stuff. We oh. we got a real Christmas tree again. Mm-hmm. Might be our last year getting a real one. Not sure. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's been a, a good, a good December. Good. It's kind of flying by just busy with work and all that. Um, yeah. Anyway, we, I like the, our kind of like combined social hour. We didn't really switch yeah. very cleanly, but anyway, we didn't even start with social hour. No, we start with soccer talk, which yeah. is crazy. Liverpool, uh, top of the table currently. <sighs> so, so, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> it'll happen again someday for Arsenal. Yeah, it'll. It could happen next. The Premier League this season is just wild. It's crazy this year. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, between, is it first and fifth now at seven points so it's widening a little bit yeah but that's yeah you also have like united newcastle brighton all lurking Mm -hmm. fulham just beat they won their second game in a row (laughs) 5-0 and this second game was against west ham um aston villa's third in the league above manchester city don't remind me um yeah that was that was rough uh tondam still hanging around it's Mm. it's crazy um everton despite their 10 point deduction that they got is now out of the relegation zone which is which is kind of fun um i'd forgotten about their uh about that that's yeah it looked like it would you know, cause some pretty big problems for them. Chelsea's 12th. <laughs> so that's um, the one thing that I noticed and am just taking a lot of joy in is just how bad Chelsea is. Yeah, that is, that is fun and United. But now that I'm saying that United Liverpool well. play United on Sunday and I, it's just going to be one of those games that United just wins. I can already Don't tell you. Be nervous about it. I, I mean, it's at Anfield, but anyway. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna just stop them. United's trash. They're a bad team this year. They're usually a bad team because they're United, but they're yeah. just also just a bad team. They'll get up for this one. I can just all feel the it. players are fully supportive of their awful coach. So <laughs> it's gonna be a I good know. season. <laughs> it rocks. Um, there was some other like slightly, I mean, sports related sports stuff that we that we were talking about earlier, Trevor. We should. It, <laughs> I, I want to just talk about it some more because it's so insane. Let's talk about it. G- give us give us the backstory because I I, I I do think salary cap stuff is very interesting. Yeah. Um, but and there's been this, you know, I don't follow baseball. Like I go to baseball games when I'm in a city that has a fun stadium to go to. I have a. I have a Ken Griffey's Mariners jersey in my closet, but like, um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not, I don't, I don't claim to support, but baseball, baseball seems like the most, the major league baseball seems like the most chaotically bad league when it comes to money. Um, (laughs) could, uh, yeah, I don't know (laughs) if it's good or bad. Um, but it's definitely, especially in the last several years, it's 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 the money's gotten very huge. It seems yeah. like every single off season or whatever, like there's some new player that's the highest paid player of all time, mm-hmm. and it, it's just insane how much money is being thrown around or has been thrown around, especially the last couple of years. There are a lot of like very good in their prime players that hit free agency and have just gotten insane amounts of money. Um, but then Shohei hit free agency. And <laughs> Mr. Showtime 
he just my favorite stat that I read, and I don't remember the exact numbers, um, but basically Shohei's signing is number one all time by if you combine the number two and number three total contract values, it's still less than what Shohei just signed for. Yeah, so you had you had the you had the NBA uh, freaks Shams and and Woj essentially breaking yeah. the news. I think did Woj break it? I um, th- I thought maybe I'm dumb, but I thought Shohei broke it. Oh, he he posted yeah. So basically, it was like this big thing of where is Shohei going to sign? Who's he going to sign with? Drake was walking around with a with a Blue Jays jersey that had. Um, Otani on the back uh, that, you know, people were thinking maybe he'd go there because they got a ton of money. Um, They also um, they went like real like investigative journalism on it. There was a private jet that flew from L.A. to Toronto mm. that day and people thought that Shohei was on it. Um, I mean, there that's was also fair, right. They're two yeah. small cities. They're not a lot of people in either. <laughs> There's not a lot of <laughs> major commerce between the two. Um, Which it was literally probably Drake. <laughs> like, no, it turns out they they found out who it was because like they, they followed the plane and went to the airport in Toronto. It was uh, Robert Herkjevic, the Shark Tank guy. Oh, really? And his family just like going on vacation or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't Shohei. The other thing, this is my favorite one. There's a uh, a player for Toronto who is a young Japanese player. He's a pitcher, and I forget his name. Um, but he reserved a, a restaurant. I think it was a sushi restaurant. Just reserved the whole restaurant for that night. And everybody thought that it was like him coming into town for Shohei, who's coming to town, the nicest, best sushi restaurant in town. But nope. Turns out it wasn't related at all. But <laughs> so we were just Shohei, finding all of these things. Yeah, I love that stuff. The other thing was there was somebody that was um, a reporter that was like, "You guys can try to find it, but Shohei, I know specifically, like wants to be the one to reveal it." He talked to a lot of teams that in in told the teams that he was negotiating with that if it was leaked where he was going before he made his decision and like announced it, then he would not go to that team. Yeah. So like if he was negotiating with Toronto and there were leaks that Toronto was the destination, then he would just not go to Toronto. He'd go to another team that managed to keep the secret. Yeah. So so good. Shohei is he's, he's, he's 29. He's been in major league baseball since 2018. 18, um, 2018. Right? And he, he played in Japan before that. Um, when he came over, uh, he played for the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim <laughs> and, yes. um, he's been there ever since. And the angels are a disaster organization. They've essentially just like wasted his talent from oh, not just his, um, they have, they also have Mike Trout who also, when he signed his extension, was the biggest contract, was the yeah. biggest contract of all time. Um, and he's one of the best players of, he is the, probably the best player of his generation. He's yeah. an insane ball player and he's played with the angels for years. And it's always been a matter of, 
Are the Angels going to get a team to support Mike Trout? And then they kind of tried to do that. They got Shohei, and then they went and got Joe Madden, who's a World Series winning coach f- multiple times. See the son of John Madden? No. <laughs> well, they spell the name differently, so maybe they want to keep that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so they like they tried, and then they just it didn't work. They yeah. couldn't do it. And then they're bad. Shohei hit free agency. And now he hit free agency and it's been this big thing. Where is he going to go? Um, yeah. Shohei uh, announced that he's going to the Los Angeles Dodgers, which good move for him. Doesn't have to go far. Uh, oh. Dodgers are good. Um, But he the first thing that comes out is Otani signing a 10 year $700 million contract <laughs> with the Dodgers, which is the largest contract in professional sports history. By like hundreds of millions of dollars. I like it's not like a small record broken. Like it's he destroyed so the record. He broke Messi's record. Uh Messi had a <laughs> okay, it was a four. This this is pretty crazy though. So Messi had a four-year deal with Barcelona from 17 to 21. That was $674 million, uh, which is $168 million a year, (laughs) Um, which average per game is $4.4 million per game. Yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo signed a two and a half year deal uh, with Al Nasser in in Saudi Arabia for $536,000, which averages to $7.1 million per game. That Al Nasser is paying Cristiano Ronaldo. You said five hundred thousand. Oh, sorry, five hundred. Sorry, five hundred thirty-six million dollars. Yeah. Sorry, and that is seven point one million dollars per game. That, that makes more sense. I knew he had to at least be a designated player. Yeah. So there, there are <laughs> there are people who are getting paid who are getting paid more per year, but a ten-year contract but is crazy. Is, yeah, he's he's approaching like big-time soccer money, and soccer yeah. money is like insane. Obviously. Well, yeah, it's, he's getting like you're getting paid by nation states at that point um mike trout was the previous baseball um who owned the the baseball he signed a 12-year deal (laughs) these contracts are ridiculous 12 years yep from 19 to 2030 for 426 million dollars um mookie betts aaron judge uh manny mikado are also on this list but these baseball contracts are so long dude like um this guy, this uh, Fernando Tatis with the Padres, 14-year contract. What are these baseball contracts? How is this a thing? So here's what's happening, and this is what's been happening for the last couple of years, and I don't know all the ins and outs, but basically these players are getting out of or into free agency and just signing contracts that will last for the rest of their career. Yeah, They, don't, they know that they're not necessarily going to stay with that team because there's a lot of trading that happens in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um but they just they're good enough that that's their demand to the team is they just want a long contract. There have been a lot of players that have preferred longer contracts versus like higher paid contracts just because it just guarantees money for so long. If they yeah. drop off at all, doesn't matter. They they signed a huge deal and yeah, so it, it's kind of the debate now. Like a lot of teams are really, and we're going to talk about what the Dodgers are doing to themselves, but a lot of teams are kind of hamstringing themselves with these deals where now the Padres, for example, have Machado and Tatis 
on huge, very long deals. And if those players yeah. aren't two of the best players in the league over the length of their deals, which are 10 and 14 years, I think, then they can't make any moves. Yeah. They just have these two guys for the next eight years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. And if they're just not the best players in the league, it's tough. Yeah. So Shohei is uh, a pitcher and a designated hitter. So yes, you're kind of getting a little bit of a two for one there, I guess, a little bit. But they, they call um, him two way player. What we what we learned today, <laughs> though, is that Shohei, the contract that he signed at the Dodgers, they are paying him. The, the contract is what they're calling a deferred contract, which is the thing in MLB where they are paying him $2 million a year. Again, his contract really should be $70 million a year. They are paying him $2 million a year for the length of his contract, these these 10 years. For the first 10 years, yeah. And then for the nine years following, that $680 million is going to be paid out over the span of nine years yeah. <laughs> by the Dodgers, who he will not be a Dodgers player anymore. He will... He will either be back in Japan. He will be with another team. He might be retired. He will not be a Dodgers player, and they will owe him six hundred eighty million dollars to a player who's not on their team anymore. Yeah, that sounds great. I want to do that. This is the insane they're putting him amount on a credit of money. Card. <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> they're putting Shohei on a credit card with no interest because they are not that money that comes. So, by the time he's fully paid out, he will be nearly fifty years old. He's twenty nine right now. Yeah. It's so. like good for him, dude. That rules. Is so that good hard. for him? Yes. Why? Why would you? Why? What, do you think he couldn't get this seven hundred million dollar contract? Here's without it, doing the deferred. I don't know. I I don't have any clue. But here's what it does. Right. So this is the salary cap stuff. Now they have a two million dollar salary cap hit instead of a seventy million dollar salary cap hit. Okay, good for the team, not for him. There are several teams that I don't know if several is the right word. There's a couple teams that their entire payroll is less than seventy million Mm dollars. So him making it two million dollar a year payment allows the team to build around him and get more players. Right. So mainly good for the team, but yes. So mainly good for the team. It's not just, but it's not a two million dollar cap. It's bigger. Well, then also there's not really there's sort of a cap in baseball, but like not really. I I can't remember what they call it. it. It's a little loose. Yeah. It's not a just two million dollar cap. It it is some number, but it's not like. The, the deferred contract, he does take on a larger chunk of salary cap than than just two. But I can't remember yeah, what yeah. it is. But he has a he has a way smaller cap hit. Than right? seven, so it, yeah. It than allows the them to get a whole bunch of other players and actually like win championships. They're gonna win championships. There's no way in the world that this team is not gonna win like five championships out of the next six or seven years. Like if they don't, it's it's just irresponsible of them. But he's still making money. He also is going to be supplementing his income with all kinds of endorsement deals because he's the face of baseball for literally half of the world. That is true. He is all of Asia, which is the second biggest market for baseball. And he's also all of the United States, which is the biggest market for baseball. Right. And there is, by the way, the third biggest market in baseball. I have no idea, but it's probably South America. Um, South and Central America, and he's probably still going to be the face there. He's going to get so many endorsement deals, 
and get paid so much money from those endorsement deals that he's going to be still be making more than any other ball player, even with only his $2 million salary for like the next mm-hmm. 10 years, probably. And then he's probably going to retire or whatever he does. And then he's going to make $68 million a year after that. Like, yeah, it's a good deal. Yeah. So he will have a 46, um, a $46 million annual cap hit, uh, which is, is the, yeah. So I thought that was like over the whole 10 years, uh, and at $46 million average annual value is the highest in MLB okay. history, topping the 43.3 from Max Scherzer. Um, on the Mets, but yeah, yeah. So the reason why we were talking about this in just relation, because these like contra, we've talked about it a lot of different times with uh, MLS and like the ways that they skirt around, uh, you know, different types of roster designations, different types of way to pay ways to pay players, um, different <laughs> the ways that they can lure some of these guys in. It, Miami is a good example of this because. They are signing Luis Suarez, but no one really understands how that's going to work yet. But they will do something funky to figure it out. Um, Gareth Bale was a good example of of them doing some roster shenanigans. A player that came from Real Madrid and signed as a non-designated player for LAFC somehow. Yeah. How... Did he just take a low salary? Like, what actually happened there? Do we they, like, no, 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 they kind of did like a deferred thing too, didn't they? They didn't they yeah, essentially they had him oh, on like yeah. a six month or one year, and then it was an option, mm-hmm. and the option was where he was going to make like ten million dollars, and they just didn't pick it up, and he retired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which he was probably fine with, right? I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, he yeah. only came here to play golf anyway, right? I think so. That was the story. Yeah. yeah. That's anyway, it actually turns out he's still kind of a good soccer player. So, yeah. Um, the <laughs> the two million is just feels like a little comically low to me. But I get, I get, I know what you're you're saying, Trevor, and that's true. How much money he'll make from endorsements and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just he, a little like, bizarre. It's going back to the players. Like I said, the 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 players that are getting all of the not all the money the big money contracts are they're definitely getting paid but they're also prioritizing length of contract yeah and i think this is just another way for a player to do that to guarantee that he's going to get paid for the next 20 some odd years and mm-hmm. he doesn't even have to play baseball for all of it you know what i mean yeah. it, well it, and also been a we should mention done stuff like this before bobby bonilla gets brought up a little bit um for not the exact same scenario. His was a little bit different, but he's, I think he still is getting paid by the Mets for the next, I think it's like 2025, I think is the last year he gets paid. And he retired in like 2007 and he gets a $1.2 million paycheck every year from the Mets because he took Mm. a deferment on his contract. Yeah. Yeah. um, Mm. Honestly, a lot of this really just is, feels like legal tax fraud <laughs> in a way too. Uh, and MLB is monitored more closely than any other sporting organization, like congressionally. So that's yeah. an interesting wrinkle uh, That's too. probably true. Yeah. Yeah. There was some this is like, anti-monopoly thing that they, they worked with Congress 
way oh, back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is all to be clear. Like this is all above board, according no, to yeah, the CBA. <laughs> <laughs> the CBA specifically allows for deferments. Yeah, and it specifically says that there's no limit to how much you can defer. Yeah. So like they negotiated this, the players got it or the owners got it. Somebody got it, and now. Shohei gets to take advantage of it to the tune of $680 million 10 years from now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's 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 both actual tax dodging, but it's also kind of luxury tax dodging within like the the league itself. Yeah. But, and that's really where a lot of it is. Yeah. Where basically teams are getting these. It's a big market team with a lot of money. And they're kind of getting away with uh, pulling a fast one on the league well, here. They get to, the, yeah, it does kind of like it. It kind of screws small market teams a lot because there's not a whole lot of teams that can afford to do something like this. Yeah. But on the unless other they end plan of it, on like, folding and like before the deferment <laughs> payments are up, I guess we won't talk about the other things I mentioned. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but it would still be, I mean, a debt that they would have to settle. I'm right? sure. Yeah. Um, it could it would it could turn into a, a Steve Young situation. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but he signed. Yeah, I, I know who he is. He he, he signed with the Canadian team. I think he signed with some team somewhere, some outrageous amount of money that they were never going to be able to pay, and so he insured that contract. And when they could not pay, he got an insurance payout on it, and basically still got. Paid this ridiculous amount, ridiculous amount of money, and then went and played in the NFL for like ten years or whatever it was. Yeah, it so, was a one point four million dollars settlement on the annuity. Uh, so, yeah. so he was not paid out until twenty twenty seven, but according to Wikipedia, yeah. But mm. yeah, so it it gives the Dodgers ten years to make six hundred eighty million dollars. And the, those 10 years, they have Shohei Otani. So I think it would yeah. be very easy for them to just make $680 million. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, it does hamstring. or it, uh, Yeah, it's puts other clubs in a bad position. But I guess what I'm interested in to see if like this type of thing bleeds over into other league CBAs. Because the money... Yeah. The money now for players of all sports is just getting so outrageous. Yeah. Um, as, as you start to see like what they're doing in Saudi Arabia, like MLS clubs can't keep up with that. Yeah. Um, can't even sign a great midfielder out of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> no, we can't pull a single one over, no matter how small his trophies are or his, or his cups. Um, yeah, he or he, it'll just be interesting to see if like they start to do schemes like this. Uh, yeah, in in MLS because not every team, you know, MLS is going to want to pull more and more big name players over, and not every player that comes over is already going to going to be an Adidas athlete that can sign a deal with Apple like Messi. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, how else are they going to get new Pete and other other teams over? I'd be very it'd be insane if they started doing things like this. <laughs> it suck. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of representing the existential threat for MLS, right? The more yeah. big money pours in elsewhere, the mm -hmm. less likely attention shifts toward MLS. Yeah. And certainly it, it's not going to survive on the U.S. market alone. I think there needs to be at least some like extended interest internationally yeah. for it to, to 
take hold here. And the proxy battle is happening with like Messi versus Ronaldo has expanded into MLS versus other leagues like Saudi Arabia. Like I've seen these arguments take place and you'll see Ronaldo being quoted about how Saudi Arabia is a more difficult league than MLS. Like, like he would know. <laughs> first well, of there's all, also, but. I don't know if you guys saw Inter Miami's playing a preseason friendly in yeah. Saudi Arabia against Cristiano Ronaldo's team. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> I hate this league. Well, I, this is I, I every mean, league though that it, does it, that. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I fear is like yeah. the money is insane. And like these contracts are insane yeah. Um, and that's just like with every with every year that goes by, these players in every sport are just more and more expensive. The contracts are bigger and bigger. Um, and there's more and more pressure on these teams to, you know, drop cash like this and find creative ways of doing it. I don't know if there's a deferment thing in the MLS CBA, but like Not this is a young league. No, this is a young league that has kind of made up rules as it goes along. <laughs> like every year the roster roster rules change to some degree. Well, and you probably saw the rumors earlier, you know, what what three weeks ago probably around adding a fourth designated player. Yeah. Which yeah. like couldn't happen without adjustment of the CBA. Yeah. And Don I don't Garber, think it's likely, but but well, that's also shut possible. It down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, Don yeah. Driver shut it down the other day in the MLS Cup press conference. Somebody specifically <laughs> asked him about it, and he was like, he, I think his direct quote was, We have no plans to add a fourth DP in the future. Yeah, yeah, so I that mean, means it'll be interesting to see how uh, Miami makes the um, Luis Suarez signing happen. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the CBA is locked in until 2028. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I but wouldn't be surprised are, if it renders renegotiation in the next one to two years. It yeah. could. There's, but the thing that is interesting, uh, you know, just talking about player unions, um, they do learn from each other. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. So, anytime a player union goes through something, they're, they're learning something from past player union negotiations and strikes. And I, I think you're probably right that baseball has gone through a lot more of those um, throughout the history of the league than certainly MLS. Yeah. And there's been a lot more drama is a really weak word to use, but like they, they've, they've had some crazy negotiation things going on between players, unions and, and owners and stuff like that. So yeah. I do think um, – the next time they do it, the, these huge contracts might be something that, that come up, but owners are happy to pay it. And if owners are going to be happy to pay $700 million to one player, I mean. We're all just billionaires play things anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is they can afford it. And if they can't afford it, like. Someone's going to buy the team that can, right? They they, <laughs> they can afford it. Like at the end of the day, I, I struggle to believe that a, a team can sign a player to that deal and not already have a plan for how they're going to make $700 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They can leverage something or they can, I don't know They, you know how they make money. They make money doing all kinds of things and it's not necessarily out of baseball, but (sighs) yeah, whatever. Dodgers are going to be unbelievable the next like you said, I honestly think they're going to win five championships out of the next like six, seven, eight years. Yeah, which really makes Inter Miami look funny to me. It does. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to see what happens because, like you were saying, Trevor, like, I mean, unions like work across leagues, but also like these types of decisions and abilities from like owners to make uh, this type of signing uh, has reverberating effects. Um, so yeah, that'll be <laughs> be fun to see what happens. Yeah, can't Speaking can't imagine unions, it's going to be bad. Uh, should we talk Real Salt Lake news? Let's do is it. there news? Oh, I guess there yeah. is news because we didn't talk about the big overhaul stuff. Yeah. Which we've waited. Huge roster changes that we've been making. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're we're gonna breeze through these because they're old. <laughs> if you missed them, here's your chance to catch up. Uh, there is one we'll talk about in more depth, I think. Uh, and that's this one. Scott Caldwell is out of contract with Real Salt Lake. Oh no! What are we gonna do? How are we gonna replace him? Um, I just like I'm the fact worried. that I, I have to look this up again. Um, when Scott Caldwell last earned minutes for Real Salt Lake, didn't because, I think he got a sub appearance toward the end there? He got a sub appearance. It might have been the second to last game, third to last game, something like that. Um, May. He got Whoa. a sub appearance in May. No, he Wait, started in May. He started played forty five minutes. No, he yeah. he got he, one at the end of the year. He played a game, uh, not according to the league <laughs> website. And between so July twenty sixth, he was on the bench. Next time making the bench, October fourteenth. Maybe he was just on the bench. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, and it was L A versus R S L, the two two draw late in the season second to last probably so made the bench did he let's see he played an open cup game uh yeah he played oh against las vegas <laughs> yeah dang he really did just like he only had five appearances all year yeah yeah wow i don't okay. know what happened there but there is a story either. just waiting to be told I don't think that there is. There is. <laughs> there's got to be something, one. right? It may not be an interesting story. But, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it is not interesting. The team was like, oh, we've got nine players for two positions. Well, you're the worst one. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's the story. <laughs> I mean, he didn't demand a move. He didn't sit out. And maybe he sat out. Maybe that's the story. Yeah. Like, I, I'm too, they kept it too under wraps that Caldwell <laughs> yeah. was low-key demanding a 700% raise. Speaking of 700% raise, Danny Masovsky out of contract. Yep. Uh, and likely gone. Now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Julio Benitez had his option declined. If you don't remember him, that's not surprising. He was an academy player who was signed to a first-game book contract he played even less than scott caldwell he may have made he did make some friendly minutes julio benitez did yeah um he's only 18 it's like which team he played with uh, against but it was i want to say it was at um i don't remember i just remember that we watched him play a little bit this year and i was like oh this kid's not terrible uh this year he made zero appearances for uh even in USL one. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, that's that looks to be accurate. Although it's MLS Next Pro now. Yeah, uh, he that's... did play one minute last year against Wolves. Wait, nice. For the monarchs? For the monarchs in the MLS yeah. Next Pro invitational. Against the Park City Wolves? 
No, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, oh, during oh, that the, thing. Uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Sorry. Yeah, Did he sorry. play? So he went on loan to Forward Madison. Did he play for them at all? Oh, uh, let's oh, he see. was in USL then with Forward Madison. Was wasn't he yeah, there? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, there. And he went on loan. He was there pretty much the whole year. Yeah, it doesn't look like he played for them either. Hmm. Oh well, I think. Let's see. Please, please tell me he played a little bit. Nope. They're gonna make okay, me well, disable my blocker. Uh, he was on the bench one time for forward Madison, and oh, he geez. did not make the squad any other time. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much. Uh, just an RSL, interesting, like weird one that just kind of. There, there have been a number of weird ones. He was a RSL. USA U uh, fifteen player too. Yeah, and certainly players players flame out right, or this isn't flaming. They never. They never get going, and that happens. Yeah. And that's a risk of signing young players, right? Yeah. Um, but but at some point, it starts to look a little like a pattern. Uh, I don't know if we're at that <laughs> point yet, but it's something that I think we need to be mindful of. Are you questioning the wisdom of just signing a whole bunch of 15-year-olds to professional <laughs> contracts? Yes. Okay. You, All you, right. You can say that's accurate. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, and Demir Krylock mm-hmm. also... Option declined. Yep. Uh, so question marks there, of course. Uh, we haven't heard anything about it since nothing. either. Uh, but basically, it's to figure out what is next for him here. He'll yeah. be around in some form, they seem to have implied. so Yeah. They're negotiating a deal, not necessarily as a player, but could be as a player. Yeah. All right. And then some options exercised. Michael Chang. Emeka Anelli, Tomas Gomez, Bodhi Hidalgo, Jasper Leffelson, uh, Brian Oviedo, and Pablo Ruiz. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of people with ending contracts next season. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I keep getting frustrated with the state of the roster and how many players we have and how many, like how just how little change there's going to be from this year to this past year to this next year. Mm-hmm. But really like it's just the fact that everybody's contract goes to 20 to the end of 2024. Like the players that we probably could have not taken options on that for me, I'd be fine with. It's like Chang, Hidalgo Leffelson. Oh, and that, what about that opens Tomas like, Gomez? I don't care. We're, yeah. It's going to be filled by another goalkeeper. So whether we keep him or somebody yeah. else, what, like whatever. Yeah. But though that still only opens up three more places. So we would have, yeah. instead of 31 guys on the roster, we would have 28, which doesn't really like, it just doesn't, whatever. We just have a lot of contracts that end next year. And it doesn't really look like the team's going to be able to do a whole lot in terms of reshuffling this roster. Well, yeah. what they did reshuffle, though, is the everything else. Um, well, basically, yeah. everything else. Well, a lot of other things. <laughs> okay, so then we randomly got an, a kind of a... Did Tom Bogert, was he the first to report it? Probably. Um, Elliot Fall, canned. Kind, All kind of. of. Sorry, kind of. Elliot Fall contract not picked up. Well, sort of canned. So the weird thing is, he's still at the organization. 
Oh. He's just no longer general manager. He He's was been relieved, relieved of his duties. Relieved of general manager duties, yeah. 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 So he's no longer GM. They let go of all of Pablo Mastroeni's assistants. Uh, they did keep Pablo, though. <laughs> they got rid of his three assistants. Yeah. Um, and they are promoting... Kurt, or yeah, Kurt Schmidt to uh, CEO of soccer or whatever. CSO, Chief CSO, Chief Soccer Chief, Officer. Yeah, or well, Sporting on, he's Officer. He's only the he's only the interim CSO, right? Sorry, he's the interim. Oh. C, he's the Sporting <laughs> Director. He got promoted to Sporting Director, and he's the yeah. interim CSO. Yeah. Uh, also, they're hiring Jason Christ to just be a vibes guy in the organization to just <laughs> hang out and tell us. Impart his wisdom on us and how to be bad at your job for a decade. Title undetermined at this point. But yeah, Jason Christ is apparently coming back. Genuine failing up story from from Jason Christ. The the most failing up guy of all time. It's it's the prodigal son. He's he's the U.S. soccer fail son. He... Oh, if man. everyone do you, does everyone remember when the Ochoa team flamed out at the Olympics? <laughs> Jason Christ was the coach of that team. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Christ was the coach of that team. Jason Christ continued to get just like jobs everywhere. He was involved with US soccer still somehow. He was like an assistant under Klinsman at one point. He was an assistant uh, that got assigned to be the coach of the U23s and then he was getting pulled to be an assistant again at Portland under Phil Neville, who got hired. And he said, no, apparently had an offer from Portland. He said, no, I'm going to Salt Lake because they're letting me do a job that has zero expectations somehow. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) I mean, this is going to be when it's inevitably announced and I definitely will be attending the press conference because that's what I do. I'm going to ask the question, <laughs> what does Jason Christ's accountability look like in his role? Because I assure you there's going to be like none. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's so, it's very weird. Um, like whatever so, role he gets, it's not going to be answerable to anything like demonstrative. Jason Kreis yeah. has had not, he has not had a lick of success since he left RSL. He failed at NYCFC. He failed at Orlando. And then he was just a mediocre assistant for years after. And now he's getting like a non, is he's just getting a random like You, you know FO what I job. think it is? What? I think it's John Kimball saying, let's bring him home. I think so. Like John Kimball was president you know, in the pre-Deloy Hanson yeah. era. And I honestly thing. like Jason Christ. Like, I think he's a, I like his, I like a lot of things about him. He's yeah. just not good at the stuff that we thought he was probably good no, at at one point. My beef with Jason Christ is simply, it, it's not his fault in any way, I don't think. It's just simply the fault of every fan of this team <laughs> that hears the name Jason Christ and is like, oh, well, everything's okay now. We're, his, we're name's gonna bring, on, his name's on the thing. We're getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Let's relive the glory days. It, it, yeah. It's not happening. And to be honest, I get sick of it pretty quickly happen. of people asking to rehire Jason. Like anytime the whole like whoever the coach is at the time. We need to get rid of him. Who should we go after? 
Jason Christ. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not Jason Christ, it's Javi Bobby. Morales or it's Kyle Beckerman or it's somebody else that also hasn't had a whole lot of success coaching, but they were a good, a good player on the team for a little bit. So we should definitely bring them back. Yeah. Like Ned Gravavoy, I think is the only name that could be linked to like an RSL position that you can look back and be like, yeah, he's had success. He, he he's pretty good where he was. At yeah. Portland, right? Yeah, he's been the GM at Portland for the last four or five years, I think, something like that. Not like the best in the league, but like is he at the least GM or is he? Oh, also that that reminds me that Tony like Beltran a level of success that Tony Beltran is gaining quote additional responsibilities. Yeah, which still as the assistant GM, he's just going to be getting coffee. So for a RSL few more is without days. a GM right now. Yes, uh, and they say they will be conducting a global search for a new GM. Don't he, buy it. He's in the room already. <laughs> Not this one. Uh, I, I, I would just give it to Tony Beltran. <laughs> this, I mean, really this is what smart, I'm saying, and I like him a lot. I we, like Tony too, but <laughs> I think I went on this rant last time we did this last episode, but mm-hmm. a, or maybe I didn't. But a global search for a GM. Is code for we're going to interview 20 guys knowing full well that 19 of them are nobody that we're interested in. And we're just going to hire the guy that we already have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Tony Beltran's going to be the GM. And if it's not Tony Beltran, it's going to be a, a guy that's been a GM somewhere else in the league before. <laughs> it's be Elliot Fall. <laughs> it's just, it's just going to be. They're going to promote Tony and make Elliot the assistant GM. <laughs> switch them. They're not going to go get like Garth Lagerway or anybody that's like. They're just going to hire a guy that's going to take a couple of bucks to do the job. Like, yeah, and so and they're also sticking with Pablo because they like everything about him except or they like. They don't like any of the soccer stuff. So they're replacing all of his assistants, but they like him. So they're keeping him. So yeah. they're hoping it, that they can hire some new assistants to, you know, pick up on his shortcomings and then just have him out there. Cause he's a handsome, handsome, charismatic guy who reads it, cool books. It's just, it's, it's really baffling to me because it like on one hand, you see them caring about results deeply, right? Yeah. They signed, exciting new players mm-hmm. they fired the assistant coaching staff all <laughs> uh, those guys hand, by the way like well, all his guys two of them were one of them i'm uh, sorry two was, of the guys were his guys uh, i think nacho predated him nacho did yeah uh, but but clearly he had a good connection with him so and maybe he knew them all and brought them when he was uh, an assistant i don't know but yeah it's it's all very puzzling to me because it doesn't feel like anything's happening intentionally. It yeah, feels like these changes all coincided, not like they were all planned together. Yeah, it feels it feels this, a little weird. This doesn't seem like the the master plan coming to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know what I mean? Like <sighs> I think the hope I, is just that Papa Ruiz gets healthy and solves all the problems. I mean, feels yeah. that way, doesn't it? Kind of. But, but Pablo Ruiz did not solve all the problems last year, right? No, he, he didn't did solve not. all the problems the first three months of this year. Mm-hmm. And I think relying on him to solve those problems, like, yes, he had a great run of games. Yes, he was showing like improved influence on the team. He was producing numbers. 
Like, it, is that something we can reliably count on him to do? I don't think so. Yeah. He's not, not a player that you would expect to do that in a system, uh, given his role, right? Mm-hmm. I, the more I look at it, the more I see, like, an excellent run of games. And maybe that's him. Maybe yeah. that's the whole team. Maybe it's something else. It <laughs> After the season that we had, with the results that we had throughout the whole season, it really felt like the whole season was just kind of, it wasn't good or fun for like, for entire stretches. Yeah. On on average, the entire season wasn't good or fun. There were definite parts of the season where it was exciting, fun, or winning games, scoring a lot of goals. But there was an awful lot more of the season, it felt like, where it was the worst soccer I've seen in this city, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, all told, it it wasn't ideal. And we get, at the end of the season, this shakeup of the front office, shakeup of the coaching staff – but it really just feels like it's all just going to be, we, we didn't get it. We're not probably not going to get a roster shakeup. We'll probably get a couple new signings. We'll probably still ship out a couple of guys maybe, but it just feels like we're just making moves just to make it seem like stuff's happening. Yeah. I don't know that there's anything of consequence happening. There's doesn't seem like there's a serious shift on any side of anything. Yeah. yeah the, the, thing the only that, serious shift is Elliot fall out, right? Yeah. And the only, that's the really the only thing I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing is it seemed pretty clear that there was a disconnect between the signings and the coaching and the tactics and, you know, what players is, what type of players this roster needed and what types of players this roster got. Yeah. And what, when we got those players, how Pablo used them or didn't use them. Yeah. It just seemed like there's a huge disconnect. And I think so, there's reason for optimism there, but that also makes it a little bit confusing why Elliot ostensibly was involved in extending some of those players who had their contracts. I'm, I'm sort of guessing he may have had that news much earlier. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be interesting. That, that is a complete guess on my side. Yeah. It, I, but to your point, Trevor, I, it does make me cautiously optimistic because that disconnect between t- Pablo and Elliot was so abundantly clear and it, yeah, it's just, yeah. And they didn't report to the same. I can't remember what that they, whole they thing was reported to John Campbell, I believe. Yeah. But like separately. Yeah. Not like in tandem. Pablo didn't like report to like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it was um, a different general manager coach reporting relationship than you see elsewhere. Right. Generally it's, it was my understanding. Yeah. It would, it's really weird to me that you see the change happening with the middle. Pablo yeah. is yeah. kind of on the bottom end of that ladder, right? It seems like, I, I don't know how things should work, but it seems like as far as important jobs go, when it comes to like building a roster, you have the coach who has some input, the GM who has a lot of input, and then the president or the whoever's above that guy, right? Mm-hmm. John Campbell in this case. It seems really weird to, if you say that there's not really a good relationship between those two, that the GM is the guy that goes. And the head coach stays, but also you take away the whole coaching staff. So it's not, you know what I mean? Like you get rid of the whole coaching staff, you get rid of the GM, but you keep one guy just like in the middle of all that. 
that's the part I can't really wrap my head around. It doesn't make sense unless Pablo is just a really good salesman, which by all accounts, he kind of is. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it, no, I agree. The whole thing is, is just really weird, but th- that's what we get. We get kind of a little bit of a shakeup in the front office um, and not really a shakeup of the roster and no shakeup of the actual coach himself. Just a couple of assistants are gone, and we're going to get a couple more assistants next year. Presumably. Presumably. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> it, it seems like a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of, hey, look, we're actually doing something. I, I don't. That's the interesting I, thing for me is it, it shows a dissatisfaction, right? It does. Like, it, and it, I, it I agree must, with that. But the message all year has been like, this is a great team. Yeah. yeah. We also got more points this year than we have in the last like four years. Yeah. And, and if, if we're dissatisfied with that, great. I agree. I'm dissatisfied. Uh, make, we ended what? Seventh, sixth, fifth. Uh, I thought it was fifth, fifth sixth. And it was some, so, something like that. Um, we made, made the playoffs in air quotes, right? Uh, yeah. And we had a home game by virtue of a, a radical change in the <laughs> playoff structure. Yeah. Uh, and the stated goal has been a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there were so not, I, I don't want to say celebrations uh, necessarily, but, but certainly uh, people seem pleased with that. And that's, yeah. what's interesting to me is it, it feels like they were not pleased uh, but at what were they not pleased? Was it the performance of the team? Evidently, in some way. Yeah. Was it the roster? Maybe, but but if you look at the roster, like declining or, or having two players out of contract, two players declined, like that says that you, you would think would say something positive about the, the state of general management at the club. I. Uh, I mean, if you look at that list of players we exercised, I think there's one in there we'd be like, ex- say, yes, we must bring him back. And that's Pablo Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other uh, seven, six, six. Like, I don't think we'd be heartbroken if any of them left. Right. I would be a little bit heartbroken if Anelli left, but that's just me. Yeah, I'd be bummed. I like Anelli. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him too, but he's not a, a roster-changing player. Uh, no. and, and if we were looking for space on the senior roster to bring in players that could have an impact, but it, I don't know. We, it, I, I'm, was, I'm feeling was, negative. Uh, was Anelli the GA or was that... Paul. It was Elijah Paul was our GA yeah. pick. Yeah. Or We've still we got two? our two our two boys over at Larn. <laughs> yeah. Which uh own, co ownership at RSL is involved. They're Can't, really trying to make Larn happen. Yeah. And and it's not gonna happen. It just <laughs> something feels really unusual really about, about the that. way this is all gone. Yeah, uh, as someone who's observed this team for a while now. Yeah, the learn thing is very weird. Yeah. Part of it feels a lot like the team is just um not the team, the ownership are just trying to put their stamp on the organization and be like, This is us now. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it feels like it might just be that move where 
they're finally just saying, okay, the old guard, you had your chance. We're going to give some new guys a chance because we're the new ownership and we have to have our guys in there. It kind of feels like that, but then at the same time, like why, why, why is Pablo, why did Pablo survive all this? Here's the other question I've got. Uh, what has Kurt Schmidt done to merit this promotion? I don't know. That that to me is a large dangling <laughs> question. Uh, he started as a like on the staff of of his dad Ziggy Schmidt. Uh, he went to Inter Miami, where he was was the assistant general manager or technical director over an like a truly bad MLS team that was caught cheating. Now I'm not saying he did the cheating, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but certainly that, that casts a little bit of a pall. Yeah. And then he comes to RSL where it's been, he, he's been technical director and we haven't get, had real insight into what he does differently than Elliot fall, whether he worked for him, whether he, it sort of felt like Kirchmed worked for the coaching staff in a way, just the, the times you would see him was you know, with Pablo. And, and maybe there's a relationship building there that Elliot was never able to accomplish, and that's why he's been promoted. But it leaves me with more questions than answers, certainly. Yeah, it's definitely... No, I forget where I was going with this already. Uh, it, it's weird that he's been around for so long and he's kind of quietly like getting promotions or like moving up, but also nobody around the league, around the team, anywhere is saying Kurt Schmidt is the guy. He's, he's the, he's the, he's the guy turning the wheel. He's the guy, you know what I mean? Like he's driving, nobody's giving that, him credit for it. So yeah, and there, I, I, there was an opportunity to do that in the press release, right? Where RSL announced his promotion, but it was just sort of jammed in there in the middle of a bunch of other moves. Yeah, it's just, the, and I don't know if it's just that the team doesn't like bragging about themselves. You know what I mean? I, or I don't if, think that's it. I don't think that's it either. But like I said, with other, like Bezbachenko, as an example, um, when he was at Toronto, now that he's at Columbus, people are talking about Bezbachenko is a mastermind behind this, that, and the other. He's a great asset to an organization because he can do these things. He gets these things done. Granted, you don't hear that about a lot of guys at a lot of teams, but we haven't heard even like whispers or rumors about Kirk Schmidt, like what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, you hear that a lot about Elliot Fall, right? As the, he he was the guy behind the, the salary cap, right? Yeah. For better or worse. Like that was that was the reputation that that he gained, and uh, Kurt just doesn't uh, have one. The only the only reputation yeah. that Kurt has is, and I don't want to be mean about it, but he's just his coach's son, and his his dad was just one of the greatest coaches in MLS history. Yeah, and I'm not accusing anybody of nepotism here, but like, what 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 is, what is there? Yeah. Um, just, just show, show, show me. Tell me what it is that he's. I and this is a plea to the organization. Give me examples. Tell me what he's been doing. Tell me how 
he's valuable beyond just he's the guy that's been here for four years. Yeah, because we signed a lot of players and we are basically in the exact same place we were the year before and the year before and the year before. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, I I. We'll see if this next year with no Elliot is the maybe Elliot was holding us back from all of our hopes and dreams and the getting rid of him and not having not giving Tony Beltran quote additional responsibilities was what's really keeping us in the mud. But freeing Tony Beltran, freeing Elliot in a different sense and promoting Kurt is, I think, going to and getting rid of Nacho and his and the other guys. And I don't make it. Certainly you've heard people, you know sad that Niacho Hernandez is leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I, I, I get it. It's recognizable. He seems to have done something in the community to, to garner that. He was very beloved by the goalkeepers. Goalkeepers all loved him, thought he was a great coach, loved yeah. working with him. But besides that, just as like a, from people that are just around the team, not players, but just like staff members around the team, all loved Nacho. He's just a yeah. fun guy. So it, I mean, that's the business. Sometimes you lose your job, but it, it's kind of weird that one of the beloved guys is the guy that kind of takes the fall here. Yeah. Uh, weird's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean? Like it, it sucks that that personality is no longer there and it, it doesn't seem like yeah. it's because of a performance thing. Yeah, I'm not really I'm I'm yeah, it I'm unclear why they got it, rid of him. But it was he's not a guy that goalkeepers were saying you know, give me somebody better because according to everybody, everybody loved him. He he was a great goalkeeper coach. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. We'll see what happens. I I think change is good. Especially considering that we've been in purgatory. I'm just not sure. I'm not convinced that the change is the right change, but hey, I'll be there opening day, man. <laughs> Either way. Uh, Either we, way. Today was the fr- today, Monday, the 11th of December. Um, depending on when you're hearing this, uh, the trade window officially opened. There was a couple trades announced today. None of them from RSL. Oh. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. I did reach out and ask if today was going to be a busy day for RSL, and the response I got was not that I've heard. So <laughs> I wouldn't expect a whole lot of trade action going on anytime soon for RSL. But we are getting into the um, off-season movement window uh, tomorrow. I think is the day that um, teams announce waivers, players that have been waived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the day after that is free agency begins. And then I think it's early next week, or maybe it's all next week. We start going through the reentry process, dealing with all that crap. So, yeah, right. stuff, stuff can happen. I don't know how much is going to happen. And it doesn't seem like, based on what little prodding I've done, um, doesn't seem like the team wants to do a whole lot in the way of moving around the roster but we'll see yeah and and rsl has three players technically who could enter the re-entry draft uh danny masovsky scott caldwell and demir krylik of course uh i think obviously masovsky and caldwell are eligible for free agency i think 
I thought if you're eligible be, for free agency, you don't go through the reentry so process. You you can, but most players opt not to. Okay. All right. Um, and and Krylik, I don't remember if he's eligible for. I think he is, but mm. uh, certainly we don't expect him to go through free agency. And it sounds like there's a plan for him. And certainly the plan appears to be to bear Krylik on the coaching staff. Right. That's you say what it seems feels to like. be the obvious. Path. When you say he doesn't go through free agency, what you mean is he doesn't like leave the team through free agency. Yeah. I, Strictly I, speaking, I think if he gets re-signed, it would be as a free agent signing. Uh, not if he re-signed at RSL because you're, that wouldn't count as entering free agency. So he wouldn't have the same uh, free agent uh, salary restrictions. Um, because if you remember back, what, seven, eight years ago, when yeah. RSL was in for Landon Donovan, one of the sticking points was that the salary we we agreed to with him was below the level, the acceptable level for a free agency signing. Uh, because, or no, no, it was above. Sorry, that made that. Yeah, it was above. Yeah, that's right. But it was like a five percent limitation or something. Okay. Certainly, that that's been redrawn a little bit with the CBA, so maybe it's a non-issue. <sighs> Okay. All right. <laughs> no, no. You might come that back. You might not. Yeah. Uh, so that side awesome. is that it is eleven thirty. Nah. Yeah. It's late, and we're getting into the nitty gritty of roster stuff. Which yeah, we're on, we've only just begun. In the words of is it the Carpenters? I love to pretend yeah, to be very interested in MLS salary okay, well, what roster about rules, this? but sometimes Brian Vera just not. and um and and Gomez both. Andres Gomez both got called up for the Colombian senior team for a game against Venezuela. Did they play Venezuela? I, I believe so. There were, there were three players, right? Um, I think it was three got called up total. I don't think it was three, two. Oh, wait. Did Chicho get called up? No. He's. Okay. Uh, oh, Nelson Palacio. Ah. Oh, okay. okay I don't okay. know. He got pulled up. Um, But he was. He called up to the Olympic age camp. Oh, yeah. He got called to the U23s. Yeah. Okay. I believe. All right. All right. Yeah. So they played, uh, I think the, it was just a friendly against it was a friendly Venezuela. Against Venezuela. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. Andres Gomez started on the right. Brian Vera started at center back. And um, okay. they won 1 0. Good for them. Off they of did a. It. Um, own goal that apparently oh, Gomez was heavily involved in. Hmm. The initial like call was that Gomez got the goal for it, but officially it looks like it went down as an own goal. Yeah, on the center back. So um, they did it. I don't know why they just had a random friendly. <laughs> uh, just whenever, but that's fine. They actually have a friendly against uh, Mexico on Saturday. So... Um, not sure. It doesn't appear like, I mean, that's not like first team, first team Columbia. Like this is like, no. uh, because well, first team, first team Columbia is still in the middle of a season. This isn't an international break. Right. So these are the guys that are not in season right now for the most part, it looks like. So, um, yeah, that was, that was good to see. Uh, I think that was Brian Vera's. Was that Brian Vera's first, uh, national team call up? Ooh. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, good for them. 
Love to see it. What yeah. else? I think that, that might be it. Is that all we have? I guess so. it's the off season, man. Yeah. Um, we won't it, talk to talk to everyone else until the new year. It, it was his first call. Nice. What was his first call. Yeah, I might not see you guys until next year. Unless we, we go to dinner pod- on Thursday. Yeah, we should podcast again in two two weeks from today. Okay. Is Why? that Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> it would t- be a, a great gift for me personally. <laughs> we spend Christmas Eve <laughs> talking about whatever, man. Hold on. Did did Colombia play the Venezuelan under twenty threes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That would that, be really that funny. Is, that's what transfer market's telling me. That's weird. <laughs> Why would they yeah. play? Uh, Maybe they're, they're playing all... the Mexico U23s too. I don't know. Yeah, they're the oldest player on that team is 22. Uh, so huh. it, it okay. appears they were playing. Oh, no, sorry, 24. But yeah, cool. it appears they were playing the under 23s. That's okay. Well, huh. well <laughs> cool. It's fun for them. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, gentlemen, any anything else we should talk about? Um, they have... This is not a U23 okay. Mexican roster. Okay. Yeah. That's, they, that's good. Huh. It's, it's youngish, and the person that's called up that has the most caps is Cesar Huerta with five. So. Oh, so it's like a C team. Yeah. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. I could feel for them. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's it. What are we, what are we <laughs> gonna talk about in two weeks? Why are we getting back on in two weeks? It's keep us joking, it's Christmas. It's it's Christmas. I understand that Christmas is literally two weeks from today. Yeah, that's all it was. Oh, okay, it's a, okay. a gift for our fans. <laughs> okay. All the right. greatest gift we can offer them. <laughs> Is a I've, complimentary subscription to our Patreon. So I've been send us a ac- message. Get in our DMs. I've been Slide accused right of doing this kind of a lot lately. Yeah. And I, I don't know what it is, but I people say that like they, they make a joke and I'm like, okay, I get the joke, but I think you're also being serious. <laughs> so are, are we actually going to record an, 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 an no. An end of year episode, or when are we? Okay, so well, when are we I recording mean, it depends next? Depends on what happens. We'll, right? we'll see. How, we'll see how we're feeling, so man. We're just we're yeah. just gonna see how we feel. Okay, all yeah. right, that's fine. We're just gonna yeah. vibe that's out. All, that's all. I'm, that's all I'm looking at. All I'm yeah. trying to find out. Yeah. All right. Well, if anything happens, you'll hear it uh, second or third, maybe later on um, after the line from us. Yeah. Uh, here on off the crossbar, we might record an episode about it. <laughs> but like everybody else, we're just gonna tell you what Tom Bogert said. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and, that, uh, and tell you what to think about it. That's Merry right. Christmas to all, and uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Um, that's Hanukkah right. Hanukkah has not started yet. Now it has. Hanukkah has started yet. Yeah, started like a few days ago. Okay, four days well, ago. Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate that. Yeah. Have uh, we dug into the origins of Kwanzaa on this podcast yet? I think we did. I feel like <laughs> there's we no did. way that we dug into the origins of Kwanzaa. No, I'm pretty Kwanzaa. sure we did because <laughs> yeah. we talked about how it's like, they try to make it seem like it's like a very, uh, there's just some weird. Oh, okay, okay. I remember having a conversation. It might have been on this podcast about whether or not Kwanzaa was like a real holiday. 
Well, yeah, because it's kind of the <laughs> Liberia of of uh, holidays of like December holidays. Yeah. Okay. They um, kind of were like, oh, yeah, you get this one. <laughs> oh, oh, before we go, how about this? Uh, favorite Christmas movie? Christmas Vacation. Easy. Um, I every year watch Home Alone and I watch, um, I always get the name of it wrong, the Jimmy Stewart one, the famous one. Yeah, that uh, one. It's a Wonderful Life. That's the one. It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they're like actually my favorite. Okay. But I, those are the two that I watch every single year for sure, without fail. All right. Uh, it's a Wonderful so, Life is a good bit of uh, socialist propaganda. Um, my top oh, three favorite sure. movies are Christmas movies, uh, Christmas Vacation, Eyes Wide Shut, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> uh, Muppet Christmas Carol for me. So. Here we go. Oh, it's a great one. It is. Yeah. So I'm right. going to watch that. Good night, everyone. Have a good Christmas and all the other stuff. Good, good night. night. Bye.